another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from Iowa Bicycle Coalition. We also usually have TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri on this show, but he's taking a break this week, so I'm hosting solo. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation, so come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Now, like I said at the top of the show, I normally don't host this alone. We're usually uh, working with TJ, but uh, uh, he is taking a break this week. Uh, That leaves this to be the Mark Show, which means I get to talk about bicycle advocacy and the work that the Iowa Bicycle Coalition does. Um, We're kind of overshadowed this week because I have to talk about something bad. Um, We had a a tragic uh, bicycle fatality, Uh, Kent Harfst from... uh, Webster City died. Uh, he was a participant in RAID, the ride across Iowa in a day. Uh, he was the director of Parks and Rec in Webster City, also, I believe, the assistant manage, assistant city manager. Um, so pretty important guy and uh, pretty important bicyclist. Um, this is tragic. Uh, hit from behind. Uh, we really don't know any more information than that. Uh, we know that it was at 6.35 in the morning. We know it's usually pretty dark out there. Uh, but uh, right across Iowa in a day starts at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, so we believe uh, these people had a lot of reflective and a lot of lights and, and such on and traveling in a fairly big group. So um, Kent was a friend of mine. Um, We'd ridden together many times. He came out on the uh, the pre-ride often, uh, especially when we were going through Webster City and they were hosting us. Um, so it's it's tough. It's um, not quite sure. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, so it's going to be kind of tough to figure this out. And, and that that's, uh, it makes it hard on people that, that know people that are involved in these crashes. Um, let me talk a little bit more about what the Iowa Bicycle Coalition does and, and what we're doing in this particular case. And what do we do when these things happen? Um, first of all, it's important that we point out that investigations take time. Um, we really know very little for facts. Um, and we would prefer that we have due process over any swift justice. So we're depending upon the Iowa State Patrol traffic investigators to do their job um, and to do a fair and full investigation. Uh, we at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, we track every fatal crash that happens. We keep a list on our website, and we've done that for the over the past 10 years, um, actually more than that. Uh, so you can look back through and see what trends are and what's contributing to uh, these crashes that happen. We normally issue some sort of statement to our members, which we did uh, this morning, um, and uh, we kind of talk about things, but talk about what our what our next steps are. Uh, one of the next steps that we've launched, in fact, we've had this running all summer since some of these bike crashes started happening, um, is a petition to end fatal bike crashes. Now, Iowa's not a petition state. Uh, we can't petition the government and put it up for a referendum and change laws. It doesn't work that way. It does in other states, but not here. Um, so our petition is organizing. We're uh, gathering names and uh, people that want to be on board with this campaign, the people that are um, motivated to act and tired of these fatal bike crashes happening. Um, we also know that there's no single strategy that can do that, and we acknowledge that in the petition. Um, we need infrastructure for bicycles. We need stronger deterrence for distracted driving 
We need safe passing laws for bicyclists and motorists. Uh, and we need to educate new drivers, especially new drivers, um, to know how to operate safely around bicyclists. Um, we have a survey that we're also sending out to people on our list. If you're not on our list, don't worry about that. We can add you. Uh, just go to the front page of our website and click the sign up part. Um, and the survey asks a lot of questions. It only takes about five minutes to answer, but it asks questions about what our priorities are and what we want to do uh, with the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, what our policy positions and things like that should be. Um, and currently, and I'll tell you, kind of since we're probably only halfway through the survey, um, but it's really reflecting uh, uh, where we are in our strategic plan and what we want to do. Uh, coming up. Um, we also have a strategic plan that's also on our website. You can take a peek. It shows uh, where we're going. It creates a path for us, uh, creates an outline of our programs um, and what we want to accomplish over the next several years. Um, and that's where the next segment that we're going to talk to some of the new team members at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, that's where this is going to become important, is because they're part of the strategic plan. They're helping us implement uh, the work that we're doing to get the goals and accomplishments that we want to do. Uh, we got to check those boxes. So um, that's where the team comes in. Um, we're not a big organization. You know, we're three people. Uh, that includes me. So two more people plus me on the team. Um, we have a contract lobby firm that works for us in the capital. Um, and we also have 13 board members. It used to be 14, but we just uh, we just uh, had one that uh, moved to our staff uh, position instead of board. Um, there's about 1,500 members um, and donors that are willing to put dollars on the line to improve Iowa bicycling. Uh, to be honest with you, that's not enough. And we're working on strategies to do that. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you can go to our website at iowabicyclecoalition.org and uh, sign up and become a member or donate and support the work that we do. And there's still so much more work that we want to do. If anything, we're short on bandwidth to get it done. Um, our current staff is doing as much as they can do um, and becoming more and more efficient as we go. We like to say we like to dance large. There's three of us, but we run a lot of things across the state. Um, and we take up a lot of space in the, in the bicycling world. And that's great. Uh, but there's more we want to do. If we could, if we had the, the funding and could do everything that we wanted to do, we'd have a full-time communications person who could get out in front of the many stories going on and shape the public image of bicycling for Iowans. Um, we'd like to have a volunteer coordinator who could make sure that we have volunteers going to each and every driver's education program across the state. There's probably 5,000 classes that happen over the course of the year. Um, so that takes a lot of, it's a complex job and we need somebody to manage that. Um, but we would like to have all those 10,000 kids uh, that are taking uh, driver's ed uh, to be trained on how to operate safely around bicycles. Um, we'd like to have a full-time advocacy manager that could focus on funding both at the local level and the DOT level to make sure that it is being spent on the bicycle projects that it's intended to be spent on. Uh, too many times dollars are diverted to highway projects or bridges or whatever, and uh, we need a watchdog to keep an eye on that to make sure those things are working out the, with the way they want we would like them to and making Iowa a more bike-friendly state. 
Um, so those are kind of the nuts and bolts things that our strategic plan wants us to accomplish, but we do have some bigger goals. Um, and these goals, I think, are important because they take Iowa to the top uh, for bicycling. Um, at the top of our list is infrastructure, and it comes with the Natural Resources and Outdoor Recreation Trust Fund. Um, this was passed by referendum and created uh, eight or nine years ago. Um, the voters actually voted on this one and, and said, yes, we want to create a trust fund uh, for natural resources and outdoor recreation. And then the next time the legislature raises the sales tax, three-eighths of a cent goes into this trust fund. Um, that could fund up to $15 million a year for trails. That's 10% of the funds. Uh, it's allocated in a statutory formula. Um, you know, potentially that's 45 miles of trail projects in a year. We're spending $1.5 million in state funding. So we're 10 times in this, multiplying by 10 um, to increase what we're trying to do. Um, and it's a game changer, and that's where our, our top focus is. Uh, it's a long-distance sort of ask, and it's taking us some time to get there, uh, but we're continuing to work on, um, on the Outdoor Recreation and Natural Resources Trust Fund. Uh, safe passing distance law for bicyclists. Now, we've worked on this for the past several years, two, uh, two legislative sessions in full, or actually a, a one and a half, and uh, we've continued to make progress, but we just haven't been able to get the bill to the governor's office. Uh, so we're continuing to work on that bill, continuing to have those discussions uh, with legislators to uh, continue to move that bill along. And then finally, uh, we're keeping uh, our eye on traffic laws. And one of the ones we probably are going to focus on this year is a law that would require all cell phones to be operated hands-free while you're driving, uh, taking a, a bigger bite out of distracted driving. Uh, so anytime you're driving, you would have to have it in a hands-free mode uh, where you couldn't operate the phone unless you did it by voice. Um, and technology's there. Uh, a lot of other states have enacted this. Um, I think it's just a matter of time before we do this. Um, but we're going to work on this uh, this legislative session, this half of the legislative session, and uh, try to see if we can get that one to the governor's desk too. So that's what we do. Um, we work on on bicycle advocacy. We work on traffic safety. We work on funding priorities, uh, both with the legislature and with the DOT. Um, we attend a lot of meetings and we work on a lot of different issues uh, and we bring in a lot of different partners that we work with uh, to make great things like this happen. Uh, so let's go on in this episode. Let's talk to our new staff and give you a preview of what this new team wants to accomplish at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. Hi, Jisco Bike listeners. This is Mark Wyatt again. Um, we've had something new happen at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. I got two new employees uh, that are working with us, and I wanted to do a quick interview and introduce both of them. So I have Michelle Barker. Hi there. And Jared Morford. Hello. Uh, Michelle is our membership and outreach manager. Jared is our Safe Routes to School program manager, and so each of those people, they fill a very vital role in um, what we're doing. Um, they've been on the job for two weeks now, 
Um, so we're probably not going to get very deep into what's going on at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition and what we're accomplishing and, and, and that sort of thing because we're still learning the ropes and we're still kind of modifying programs and getting things down to where we want them to start moving forward. But I think this is a good opportunity to know more about them as people. So, um, Michelle, why don't we start with you, since you took a big swig of water at the same time that I'm introducing her. Um, where are you from, and what's what's kind of your background before you came here two weeks ago? Yeah, so previous to two weeks, um, living in Iowa, but born and kind of raised out in Washington State. Mm. Spent uh, a lot of my younger years out there and a little bit of time after college. I love to ride bikes, and I've ridden bikes all over the world. So every time I travel, my goal is to check out their their biking infrastructure and see what's up. So was biking a lifelong thing? Did you do it as a kid? Was that a thing? Kind of not really. So yeah. actually had bikes as a kid, and then we had a garage fire and no longer had Ooh. bikes. And I didn't get another bike until I was probably in college. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. That's, that's wild. It is. So college, you came to college like most kids, and you just... It was the easiest way to get around? No. So I was a commuter, mm. did community oh. college first, uh-huh. and decided I wanted to do something besides run. So I found uh. a bike. Hybrid bike is where I started. Okay. And I got to ride that all over the place. Okay. So for more of the fitness sort of end. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get back to this. Jared, I want to get to you. Where are you from? I grew up in South Dakota. Okay. Um, whereabouts in South Dakota? Watertown, South Dakota. Watertown. Um is that near Rapid? Is that far from Rapid? What is it that? It is my 90 miles north of Sioux Falls on I-29. Okay. Okay. So they, you're probably closer to Iowa than you are most of the Dakotas. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah. Cool. So we'll, we'll keep you. All right. <laughs> um, what, about, what about bicycling origin for you? Was it a kid thing? Yeah. I grew up bicycling. Uh, had a really cool little Kent BMX. And then I think, like a lot of teens, kind of grew mm-hmm. out of that and gravitated toward the auto and came back to bikes probably when I was about 21, 22. Did my first gravel ride on a Diamondback Ascent and didn't really know it was gravel riding yet. <laughs> but that's what I was doing. That was it. Um, you've also got a tour of the world, too, uh, but not with a bike. I've toured the world a little bit, spent a little time uh, in uh, Iraq in uh-huh. uh, 07, 08, but I did have a bike there. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I bought a uh, Surly Steamroller. No kidding. And I would ride the perimeter, uh-huh. and uh, so that was a 10-mile lap. Mm. Hoping no nobody threw something over the fence at you when you were. I never even thought about it, and the whole time, <laughs> the whole time Jeez, I was. Now uh, that you bring it up, you're like, ah, shoot. In retrospect, I thought about it a lot because had lights on the bike. It was at nighttime, and I was wearing a reflective, so <laughs> I, I was just sniper fodder. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, we're happy. We're happy. We're here. You're here with us now. Um, all right, we'll get back to Michelle. Um, mountain biker, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and, and I would say mountain biking kind of defines you. People know you from that, that world, wouldn't <laughs> yes. you say? Yes, I would. Um, so what's the story there? So I was working in a bike shop um, shortly after I purchased that hybrid bike. Mm-hmm. And then I got a road bike, and that was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it. But one day, a couple of mechanics said, hey, come mountain biking with us. I'm like, okay, why not? Why would I not try this? 
like, yeah, I can clip in on my mountain bike because I'm that cool and I've been road biking. And so they mm -hmm. took me on a quasi-disastrous mountain bike ride <laughs> where I tipped over a lot yeah. and I crashed a lot. And it was the best bike ride I think I'd ever been on. Nice. Yeah. You, you, so I've ridden mountain bikes with you before and you were, you were really a good teacher. Oh, thank you. Um, it, so much that, you know, just kind of those basic things that can get into my head of watch where you're going, not where you're at. Um, you know, just you, this was designed for you in mind. Don't freak out that it's, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you are. Um, so that's been one of the things that you've kind of picked up over time that didn't come natural to you at first. Uh, -uh. Nope, not at all. Okay. Yeah, I learned level pedals really fast the first mm -hmm. time I smashed a pedal on something and I crashed. There's... There's, I mean, there's like trials riders where they're, they're born that way. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that's not necessarily the case. That's definitely not the case with me. Um, but I still have fun out in the woods and it's a great time. Dirt trails and that sort of thing. You've also built and funded a lot of trails over your history, right? Yes. Yeah? You keep track of miles? Do you know how many... So in mountain biking, we're not always as keen to measure miles. Sure. Um, it's more of how many communities have we impacted. Mm. Just because when we... While it's cheaper to build single track than it is a paved trail, we mm -hmm. don't always get as my, many miles on the ground as due to land constraints or sure. you know those sorts of things. So I've worked in a lot of communities to help build trails. There we go. Written a lot of grants to help build trails, worked with a lot of cities, states, forest service, you name it, to help get trails either legitimized or on the ground. Um, cool. I should probably sit down and, and do some number <laughs> crunching and see what our mileage is yeah. and towns visited, those sorts of things. Yeah, you could probably more easily say how many hundreds of thousands of dollars in yes. in trails that you've gotten to build because and, and which probably isn't it's probably more reflective in the the single track world. Mm -hmm. You know, a dollar a dollar figure per foot is going to be pretty common. Like in the paved trail world, that can change if you got to do retaining walls and bridges and things like that. It, not that those things don't exist in the single track world, but you tend to go around that. Yeah. We did one project working with the DOT, and that totally changed our specs and how we had to do some of our paperwork and yeah. explanations. And, you know, we never really had done cross sections of a single track trail before. So that was a new learning experience for oh, all of us involved. Oh, because they needed that engineering parts. They did. They did. Yeah. They want to see it from every angle before they... Yeah. Put money into things. I get that. All right, Jared, back to you. Um, you also came from bike industry, which is a whole different world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Started in a, a shop. Uh, spent some time there. Mm -hmm. Managed a little. And then uh, worked in the uh, uh, sales rep side of things for a company. And uh, one day I was sitting at a meeting and... Uh, was with a friend who uh, was a teacher at mm -hmm. Iowa State University, and I was I was fed up with uh, where things were going. It wasn't moving fast enough for me. Right. And I said I was sick of this, and I wanted to get paid to do it. Okay. Um, and you've studied planning. Correct. Uh, need to finish my thesis, uh, but uh, went to Iowa State get my to get my master's in community and regional planning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So. That's going to really lend a lot to the position that you're in. I think it's going to be interesting because so much of it is community planning and community building um, to kind of retrofit our communities to get kids walking, biking to school, and that sort of thing. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, Michelle, you've had experience with the membership model because of, of experience and stuff like that before, but 
it's all about people, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> you got to find your people. People and data. Yes. That's what we've probably, Michelle and I have been geeking out all week on data is what we can pull from. We have a database in, in at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition and every advocacy organization has it because they need it. And it's, you know, how do you figure out what people want to do, what they want, um, and trying to coalesce that information out of them and out of, out of that. So, yeah, that's been kind of cool. Um, what else? What do you want to do in bicycling that you haven't done yet? You've talked about doing Ragbri, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you weren't supposed to tell everybody I hadn't done that yet. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, that is definitely at the top of the list. I think 2020 is my year. You know, so despite this podcast probably being heavy rag, Brian, and the people editing this will listen to this, but it's not the Super Bowl. You know, it's not not everybody's done it, and you don't have to have done it in order to be a bicyclist. <laughs> that part's very true. Yeah, we run into yeah. that branding issue all the time that people are like, I'm not a cyclist. I don't do rag, Brian. You pedal a bike, right? You're still a bicyclist. You're qualified. Yeah. Um, have you done it? Uh, a day or two. A day or two, but you've been, you've probably been more exposed to it working with the shops and things like that than. Oh, I I can't speak for Michelle's experience, of course, but having worked in the shop and uh, distribution and whatnot, uh, you know, gearing shops up for Ragbri Mm -hmm. and then uh, rode a couple days, but usually that's when I took my vacation. (laughs) (laughs) It is the bicycle industrial complex of the state. Yeah. I mean, it. Everything tends to revolve around that event, which is fine. I mean, that's we've just kind of understood that's what it is. But it isn't everything. There is bicycling that does happen year-round. I will tell you, though, it doesn't matter what state I was in or what country Mm -hmm. I was in. As soon as somebody found out I was into bikes and I lived in Iowa, (laughs) I always got the question, oh, so you ride Rag Bri. Yeah, and you're like, "Um, no. (laughs) No. No, that's cool. I mean, it's a great experience, and it's – yeah, I'm, it's it's not earth-shaking, life-changing, but it is it is an experience that you can't have anywhere else because it's just the way it is. And, and it doesn't happen anywhere else that way. Um, nobody else would give up two full weekends. <laughs> nobody else would come out to Iowa in the middle of the heat of the summer. Um, you know, but it works. Um, and it it works a lot because the hospitality that we have here, I think, is, is probably the key. Um Okay, work stuff. Um, do you want to talk about what you're doing? We'll start with Michelle again. And kind of what's, what's your big thoughts and goals are? And we, don't, we haven't been, all, been on board that long, so I don't expect that to be very deep. But any thoughts on, on what you're trying to do or who you're trying to look, work with and that sort of thing? I think to get started, you know, after obviously learning the database and being mm-hmm. able to extrapolate the data that we need to move forward, it's really talking to our current members and saying, hey, what do you like about what we do? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want us to do more of? Yeah. You know, how can we be better for you? And then on the other hand, it's talking to industry, saying, hey, guys, we're here. You know, we collectively, we make Iowa bicycling better. And it takes yeah. all of us. So how do we play on the same team and play the same game? And let's move everybody forward. Yeah, yeah, we all need to speak with a unified voice. And I think you hit it right, too. There's a two-way conversation that happens. It's not just us speaking from on high. It is, you know, from the pulpit. It is is hearing from our members and and taking that input in and and, uh, having a good discussion about what's going on. And I'd rather do that on a bike ride with members 
of any sort of surface. So yeah. if you want a chat membership, yeah. let's go for a bike ride. Let's check it out. Show me your favorite trails, favorite rides. You know, I, I heard from this advertising executive once that stopped having meetings because people would, you know, newspapers and media would come to him and say, we'd like to have a meeting and pitch our product to you. And he stopped having meetings and started having bike rides instead. And that's where you, if you wanted to pitch your product, you had to go on the ride. And they got so popular that he had to schedule two or three during the week. I'm like, well, that's brilliant. We need to have that. It'd be cool. All right, safe routes to school. Where do you want to go? What do you What do you see as is the big challenge in that? Oh, just making. I mean, I want to do my best to uh, make it better for uh, Iowa kids to bike and walk to school. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty simple, uh, but that's that's what I see. That's I think. Uh, what uh, what I signed up for, and that's uh, <laughs> I think I've got some uh, academic experience with it as well as a little personal experience with it so far, mm-hmm. and that's not a robust answer, but no, I, no, but I think you're right there. I, I, I see us first of all, we're we're doing a lot of work to try to figure out where the needle is. How many kids are walking and biking to school? We think it's about fifteen percent, and we're doing some work to try to prove that. Last year we did a survey of a classroom survey tally you know how kids got to school and from school we know bus counts we've already kind of determined that Mm -hmm. so the next step is to figure out who's carpooling who's being driven who's walking who's biking um, or other there's who's taking the scooter i don't know what else um but that's i think that's the next big step is figuring out our metrics and what's where the needle is and how do we move it so yeah. I think you nailed it. I think us being that agent for change and hoping to get making it, not hoping for more kids to bike and walk, increase that to, mm-hmm. I mean, even 20% would be better than 15%. So. Yeah, yeah, small changes. And then, uh, we, so the other thing we discovered doing the travel tally is that makes an impact on Iowans personally at home. They, there's a savings by not being driven to school, and it's, it's millions of dollars parents are spending on their kids to drive them to school. You know, if they walk or bike, that could be a big savings at home, and that's that's cool. So, yeah, it's it's bigger than just us, which is, is great. All right, last question. It's the common question we ask on the Just Go Bike podcast. Um, it is sort of a ragbri-themed question, but pie is big. Uh, your favorite type of pie. Jared, do you want to go first? Yep. Strawberry rhubarb. Strawberry rhubarb? Mm-hmm. In season, or can you have it any time? Uh, I mean, in season's best, but yeah. I'll take it any time of the year. Yeah. Um, Michelle, what do you think? I actually eat all the pie. Um, <laughs> it's really hard for me to pick the favorite. <laughs> it's like picking your favorite kid. It's it doesn't matter whichever happen. one's available at the moment oh, is my favorite. the nearest. Yeah. The nearest yeah. and yep. the freest. Mm-hmm. The one with the ice cream. Well, you don't need ice cream. So. No ice cream. Yeah, just the pie is fine. All right. That's cool. All right. Well, thanks uh, for for joining me on this podcast, and welcome to the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. Um, I'm sure we'll have opportunities to touch base as we go forward because I think we're going to do great things as a team. So go team. Cool. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark.
Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.